Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. A short Bible study, usually only about 13 or so minutes long. Each day, though, seven days a week, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith and even grow stronger because faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. It also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and help us to have a more spiritual mindset to be able to deal with all that life throws at us every day. Now, we always encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can in your life, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means. But share with everybody every day. You may help somebody grow in their faith. You may help somebody come to salvation through Jesus Christ. You may help somebody get to heaven. What a great blessing that will be for them but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to bring our line of thought and study to a close today that we've been looking at over the last several days. We're talking about eight wiles of the devil. Again, we took our text from Ephesians chapter five, uh, chapter six and verses uh, 10, and, uh, 10 and 11, where the apostle Paul talked about how the devil, well, he talked about standing on guard against the devil, being strong against him, and not letting him have his way with us. And I'm sorry, I said chapter 5, chapter 6, verses 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we've talked about what that word wiles means. I, I like words. I like language. And that, that word is, to me, intriguing and descriptive. It kind of gets me, me, my mind rolling. It, it, it means schemings. It means all of the, the different ways, that all the traps the devil might set to try to bring us into sin and pull us away from God. So all of the wiles of the devil. And then Paul goes on and he lays out the list of the pieces of that spiritual armor that God has prepared for us to strengthen us and protect us against the wiles of the devil. So he talked about putting on that whole armor, and we need to put, a, put it on every single day. Uh, gird your waist with tr the truth of God's word. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Take up the shield of faith always to, to, to fend off all of those fiery darts or temptations that the devil's going to throw at you. Put on the helmet of salvation and then take up always, hold in your hand always, in your mind certainly, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and keep your prayer life to the throne room in heaven, to God, active continually every day, all day long. Pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. And that means pray every day and pray throughout the day. Not talking about praying every minute of the day that you're awake, but pray regularly throughout the day. Keep that communication line with God open all the time. Well, we've talked about already seven wiles of the devil. And I'm, again, I'm sure that you can come up with some more than these eight. But these eight are, are common. We can relate to them. We talked about how he uses stealth. 
He stays behind the scenes doing his work, trying to lure us into sin. He doesn't denounce himself as being the devil and the author of sin, but he's, all, he's there all the time. Bluffing, bluffing us into thinking that wrong is right and that right is wrong. Bluffing us into thinking you can dabble a little bit in sin. It's okay. Everybody's doing it. You can cheat on your spouse there. I mean, now and then it's common thing. It's no big deal. You can, you know, mess around here a little bit, get into this particular wicked practice or another, and it's going to be okay. Doubt is another one where he plants doubts in our mind, or at least tries. Do you really think there is truly a God? Do you think Jesus really arose from that grave? Do you think that verse of scripture really means what it says? All kinds of doubts that he tries to plant in our mind. Perversion. Well, we have perversion all around us. And we're not talking about just sexual perversion, although that is in our face at every turn right now in our culture. But there's all kinds of perversion going on morally in our in our nation, in our culture right now. Anesthesia. Yeah, he tries to anesthetize us against feeling any guilt over sin. Substitution. He'll try to substitute all kinds of, of false beliefs and practices over what the Scriptures really teach us as being God's instructions to us as to how he wants us to follow him. And what about distraction? Distraction is another of the devil's wiles where he simply tries to distract us from what we really need to be doing in living a faithful and dedicated life before God and Jesus Christ. Distract us, in some cases, with things that we look at and say, well, that, that's an important thing over there. But it's not necessarily the most important thing at that particular time. It pulls us away from God. Well, distraction. So we're going to finish the, the eighth while of the devil that we're focusing on in this particular line of thought and study is probably one of the biggest ones, and that's compromise. Compromise. To please the devil, we do not have to rob a bank. We don't have to commit murder. We don't have to cheat on our spouse. We can simply cross some moral line by compromise. Occasionally, Christians have an extraordinary moral breach overnight, but usually it is more subtle. It happens when one starts compromising on some small things. Yeah, I, can, I don't have to be at every church service. I, I can stay home. You know, my only really full day off is Sunday, and so I don't have to really get up and be at Bible class on Sunday morning, or I don't have to be at every worship service on, on every Sunday, I, I, I deserve some rest. Well, we start compromising a little bit here and there. It happens when one starts compromising on small things, getting too close emotionally to someone other than their spouse. I've seen faithful, dedicated, strong in appearance Christians they get into a sexual, illicit, immoral sexual relationship, and they walk away from the church. They've compromised. Now, that would be in a big way, but they probably started compromising in a smaller way, and ultimately it led them to that bigger compromise of sexual immorality. Well, getting too close emotionally to someone other than your spouse. You know, you say, well, there's this worker at, 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 at work. It's either a man or a woman, depending on 
what you are, and you know, they really they really are bothered about something. We need I need to talk to them. I need to be there for them. And so then you start maybe going to lunch with them, maybe standing or sitting across the table and, and, and taking their hand in your hand. And you see, that's not safe ground, compromising. Well, I can be close. I, I, maybe, I, okay, maybe I can even give them a kiss of reassurance. No, you're already crossing the line. Shading the truth to impress others. A small bet on a big game taking unwarranted tax deductions. You see, if we resist compromise when we're first tempted to compromise, well, then it's easier to resist the next time. We've actually strengthened ourselves against that wile of the devil, which is compromise. Compromise a little bit. If you compromise a little bit, then you start compromising more and more into bigger and bigger things. If we give in once, then it's easier the next time to give in again and then over and over and over again. Jesus said, therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? Luke chapter 16, verses 11 and 12. Temptation itself is not a sin. I've said many times... By comparison, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head, but you can certainly keep him from building a nest in your hair. So temptation in itself is not a sin, but giving in to the temptation is where the sin takes place. At the same time, no Christian can pray, truly, lead me not into temptation, when in their mind they have it open to compromise to compromise them to, to the point where they deliberately put themselves into a position where they know they're going to be tempted. And they already have pretty much eh, an emotional tendency to give in to that temptation. Satan attacks the vulnerable. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 advises us, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, always keeping our eyes on the Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. We need to keep our focus. We need to stay determined in our dedication to God and Christ. We need to not compromise. James wrote, each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Each one of us has particular weaknesses to some temptation or maybe two or three different temptations. Well, we need to stay away from those. An alcoholic who is trying to recover from alcoholism needs to never walk down the liquor aisle in a grocery store, needs to never go into a bar just saying, I'm I'm not going to drink, I'm just going to have a, I'm just going to socialize with a friend. Now you need to stay away from that bar, way away from that bar. We need to be careful. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death, that is spiritual death. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Obedience 
to some people may seem boring, but that's the work of the devil, again, part of his temptation. He wants you to compromise. You don't have to be obedient in everything. Compromise a little bit. And what is real obedience? You know, do you have to go all the way there, or can you go part way? Compromise. That's what he's after, trying to get us to do. And then he's got us. Obedience, though, true obedience to God is deeply satisfying in the long term. Do not play in Satan's playground. Don't give him any place in your life. Ephesians 4 and verse 27. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And James says, this is how you resist the devil. You draw near to God. You walk with God. Cleanse your hands. Purify your hearts. James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. Don't even give thought to the compromise. The devil is skillful, and he will win you over any way he can. Maybe it's by stealth. Maybe it's by bluffing. Maybe it's by planting doubts in your mind about whether God's word is really true or not, even whether there truly is a God. Maybe it's through making perversion of one kind or another look tantalizing to you. Maybe it's by trying to work on your conscience so that there's no more feeling there. Maybe it's by getting you to substitute some falsehood for the truth of God's word. Maybe it's by distracting you from what the most important things are in your life, and that's serving God obediently and faithfully and consistently by making you think or trying to get you to think that I've got to, I've got to ignore this over here or put it aside for now because I've got to get this done over here. That's distraction. Or maybe it's by continually trying to get you to compromise your principles of serving God faithfully and obediently and consistently, always. We'd love to help you overcome the wiles of the devil. You can contact us at our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link and you can contact us that way. Or you can call us at 402 498 8397. 402-498-8397. We'd love to talk with you, to pray with you, to send you a free Bible study through the postal mail. All you have to do is ask. We hope to hear from you soon. Let's pray. Father, help us to be alert. Help us to be on guard. Help us to recognize all of the wiles of the devil and to wear that spiritual armor to protect us and keep us safe effectively against whatever he tries to use against us to pull us into sin and away from you. Guide us to always live to your glory. Help us to always be diligent students of your word, Father. Please forgive us, we pray, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.